0: Hallelujah, God's good, amen. amen, praise the Lord, hallelujah, God is good. Um, uh, let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 3, um, during our midweeks, that, at least that I've been uh, standing up here, um, this year I, I was kind of on a mandate from the Lord to, uh, uh, to minister on stress-free living and we have been doing it since January, isn't that amazing, huh? You didn't think there's so much to talk about when you start talking about being stress-free, Amen. But there is, praise God. So Second uh, Timothy, um, chapter three, please. Let me get to it here. And it says this, but know this: Look at your neighbor. So you got to know some things, know Amen. Got to know this. See that in the last days, or as the days progress, Amen. Another way it could be worded. Um, Perilous times will come. Everybody say perilous times. Perilous. Now, the word perilous, again, just because it's been a few weeks since we've talked, uh, I've had the opportunity to share this with you. It uh, means uh, difficult, fierce, ferocious, uh, furious, pardon me. It uh, means literally the reducing of the strength or reducing the strength of. Um, your cross references will bring out uh, times of stress. So, you know, anytime you got stress involved, it, that, it's exactly what it does. it does. It reduces strength. Amen. Now, stress is defined as tension. So, that's something to think about here tension, uh, strain, nervousness, weariness, fatigue. And usually the fatigue is based uh, uh, by, uh, because of overexertion, uh, striving, or struggle. Now, this whole text. Uh, back in, in January when we started this series, we kind of took the time and we went through every every bit of this and kind of slowly dissected it and looked at it. But, of course, the text here is dealing with uh, being a lover of self rather than a lover of God. And any time that you're self-stri- self-striving or self-serving, it opens the door for this thing called stress. I mean, oh, stress isn't worth it. Amen. And so we've been, and that's what we've been finding out over the last, uh, you know, Several months, praise God. Now, um, you know, uh, I kind of was dealing with some things uh, the last couple times I uh, shared and talking about being uh, high impact uh, believers, uh, high impact, low maintenance. Amen. Um, And really, if uh, you know, one of the things that we deal with uh, with with believers, you know, is trying to you know trying to grow people up, mature people, because usually when you get saved, it's kind of the opposite. We're more High maintenance and uh, low impact. and so you know you grow and develop and make adjustments and changes and hopefully we grow and we develop and we make adjustments and change. I said, oh, amen. Uh, the idea is to do that because if you do that, the idea is to to mature and grow and uh, obvi- you know obviously to uh, be a, a greater example of our Lord and Savior. Amen, live the life and not just uh, you know not just, uh, talk it, but live it, praise God. And that's the idea. And uh, some of the things, uh, you know, when I was dealing with things with the things of stress, um, well, in fact, if you, I didn't have them turn to this, and I didn't know if I was going to go to it, but if you kind of just kind of bounce around some of these words down here in the next few verses, now, I didn't give it for Kathy here, so you just kind of look on with me with your Bible. Uh, you notice there's a lot of different things that it mentions here, and all these are things that deal with self-serving or self-striving, and really they all produce stress somehow or another, tension, whatever. Now, about 50% of those deal with relations with people, one way or another. And um, how many know sometimes dealing with people could be stressful? You know what I mean? It's not that there's anything wrong. It's just it's just kind of it is, you know, you're dealing with relational things and things that go on. And, uh, you know, some of these words here, like... Uh, even the words uh, blasphemer here just means railing or complaining, murmuring, and backbiting. It means literally to express reproach against others. Uh, the word disobedient just speaks of uh, being defiant or dishonorable. Unthankful, another word in there, just means to you can't find the good of others. You know, it's always, you're always looking at the negative. Uh, unloving, of course, that, that just means without natural affection. And literally that word there deals with being hard-hearted toward kindred. Okay? Uh, unforgiving, which kind of you know, you know, kind of self-explanatory, but it means irrec, ir- re- oh, okay, I can't even, I can't even believe. Look at that word. It means truce-less or irreconcilable. There we go with others. Amen. So uh, slander is another word here, which just means being uh, an accuser of others. Uh, literally refers to more of a false accusing. In fact, the word for slander, actually, the word that comes out of that, the Greek word, is actually devil, diablo. It comes out of that word. Uh, brutal, another word which just means uh, literally evil for evil. That's what it kind of brings it down. You're, you're trying to get even all the time. Um, how many know that's probably not good either? Now, the point is, is that when you start looking at all these words, and, uh, you know, some of these words can just about have you. you. Uh, you. But they're all open doors, if we can use it this way, they're all open doors for stress and anxiety for strain and struggle. Are you still with me? Yeah. And usually somehow or another it's because we're, you know, you know, how we relate with somebody, how we communicate with somebody, how we look at somebody, how we respond or react to things. You still with me? Yeah. I'm going to all this for a reason because we're going to kind of talk a little bit about, uh, you know, our relations with others a little bit. And, uh, and what I want to do here today, I want to go to uh, Matthew five. Let's go to Matthew five, and take a look at this, and hopefully today, have kind of a fresh look at being the light. Amen. How many know we're we're light bearers? In fact, I think that's what I want to title it tonight: light bearer, because that's what we're called to do is bear the light. You know, bring you know everywhere we go, we're we're the, we're called to be the light. So. Um, so, what does that mean, you know? So, I'm going to start with verse uh, 13 of chapter 5, and of course, it first starts talking about you are the salt of the earth, okay? You're, the, you're really the seasoning, you know? You're the difference maker. Are you still with me? Uh, you're the difference maker. So, you're the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, we could even say if, if you lose your purpose, right? Uh, you know, if you lose, if you're called uh, to be a difference maker, and then you, you, you know, you lost your seasoning, what's that mean? Well, it means you kind of lost your purpose. Uh, you're not, you know, you're really not, you know, doing what you're called to do. And uh, so it says, you know, if it loses its flavor, then how shall it be seasoned? And it says it, it is then good for nothing, uh, but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. Now. You know, if you think about salt in the natural, it's, you know, what he's talking about is being a, a ground sterilizer. If it's no longer good for seasoning and making a difference on somebody's plate or whatever it is they're maybe preserving something or whatever it is they're using it for, uh, then what they'll do is they'll take that salt, toss it out on the ground, and it'll, it'll sterilize the ground, and you can maybe, you know, make a pathway, and it, you know, sterilizes that pathway. But how many know you're, you ain't made to, to be a sterilizer? Very weak. Come on now. You ain't made to just be a sterilizer. Come on. You're made, you're made to bring a seasoning. But you got purpose. Amen. You're called to do something. Amen. So then it goes in and it starts talking about that you are the light of the world. You are. You're the light of the world. And it goes on to say that a city uh, that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but, uh, but on a lampstand. Why? So that it gives light to all. Everybody say, gives light to all. Light to all. It gives light to all and and it goes on to say who are in the house, amen. So the idea is that you know the light is meant to, you know, you know, be for everybody, right? So uh, anyway, it it you know you're called to be a light, and it's not going to be a light that should be hidden. It should be something that's out there. And a lot of times, you know, when you think about light and and we're the light of the world, we start maybe thinking about you know uh, you know soul winning or something, you know, or just you know, sharing your faith with people. And, and how many know you should, you should do that? Right. right? We're not taking away from that. Uh, but, you know, I think it has, you know, it, 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 in a lot of ways, it's, it's, there's more to it. And, uh, and hopefully tonight uh, we can kind of see this. Uh, it goes on, verse 16 now. Let your light so shine before men that they may see, everybody say see that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Now, they need to be seeing something, right? So it ain't just about you sharing, saying, you know, Jesus loves you. I mean, that's good. You should say that because He does. But they should be seeing something, right? So it says in this text, good works, which the word good just means literally good, literally or morally. It means that which is virtuous or valuable, literally for appearance or for use. So in other words, it should be seen and it should be experienced. That's what he's talking about. Good works. The word "works" means efforts, actions, deeds, or doings. It's the same word used in James chapter two, talking about corresponding action. Amen. So in other words, there ought to be good actions and deeds. There ought to be good things coming through you. Amen. That where they can see it and when they see that, amen, or they experience that, amen, it brings glory unto the Father. Amen? Are we okay? Yeah. Now, uh, with that said, uh, let's, let's go to the Gospel of John, chapter 8, Gospel of John, chapter 8, and we're going to look at verse 12, um, just keep in, line, in mind some of the things we're talking about here. Now, you're let, you're let, you know, maybe in a, we could sum it up saying, let your light so shine that it gives light to all. Why? So they can see it. <laughs> Amen. They should be able to see it, and they should be able to experience it. Praise God. All right, so John uh, 8 and verse 12. This is Jesus talking now. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. So Jesus spoke to them again saying, I am the light. The world. He's talking to a group of folks here. I am the light of the world, and he who follows me shall not walk in darkness but have the light of life. All right, that sounds like good things, right? Right? Okay, so Jesus says, I am the light of the world, he who follows me. So this word follow, a little bit of a word study again, just means to be in the same way with or the same road with, to accompany, it literally means as a disciple. So he's saying that those that'll get on the same road with me. Those that'll you know hook up with me, and those that'll stay connected with me, those that'll follow me, Amen. Uh, it says they uh, uh, they shall not uh, walk in darkness. Now that'd be a good thing. Now I believe that that you know this word darkness is not just talking about you know you know that you know the you know actual no light type deal in that sense you know, in the natural, but it, the word means obscurity. It means depravity. Um, this word also means uh, captivity, uh, dimness, but the word obscurity refers to being uncertain, vague, or, or walking in a sense of ignorance about something. Still with me? Now, he says that if you will walk with me, if you will follow me, I'm the light of the world, but if you'll follow me, you become that light, amen? You're no longer going to be walking in dark. Sounds good, right? And it says that you will then have the light of of life, you know, uh, you will then yourself have the light of life. You will have that light. If you will follow me, you'll have that light. And that light is supposed to be seen by everybody else. If you'll follow me, you'll have that light, and that light, amen, is going to make a difference in somebody else around you. You won't be walking in the dark, and as we're going to see here in a minute, amen, and they won't walk in the dark. Why? Because of your light. And the idea is to bring them out of obscurity, to bring them out of depravity, bring them, amen, come on now, bring them out of captivity, bring them out of dimness, bring them out of anything of, of uh, you know, maybe of not knowing, of being unsure, uh, of ignorance or anything else. The idea is it's through your light that makes a difference. Well, your light came because you follow Him, who is the light, right? So that light kind of just gets off on you, rubs off on you, kind of just gets on you. Amen. In fact, uh, uh, John, let's see if we can go to maybe John 1. We're just Again, we're just building here. John 1, I'm going to come back to John 8 here in a second, but John 1 says this in verse 4 and 5, in Him... Verse 1, or pardon me, chapter 1, verse 4 and 5. In him was life, talking about Jesus, and the life, his life, in other words, his life was the light of men. It's his life, so we'll follow, we'll connect. His life gets on us, his life becomes our light. Are you still hearing me? Yep. Amen. And the light shines, what light? His light that's on you now. That, that's now, that's now, you know, on you, that light. His life is now a part of you, He, his, Amen. he's the light, amen, we're following him, we're connecting with him, now it gets on us, we're the light, praise God, and that light, amen, becomes, uh, amen, it literally shines in the darkness, again, that same word, amen, and the darkness literally cannot comprehend it, that word comprehend means it will not be able to overcome it or overtake it, amen, I think the Amplified says overpower it. Amen. That darkness cannot quench the light, cannot control the light, cannot seize the light or possess the light. Come on now. That, that darkness hasn't hasn't got a chance when the light shines, okay? Okay. So a little bit of, you know, a little bit of building there. Go back to chapter 8. And we're going to go to verse 1 because why was Jesus you know, sharing what he shared there at verse 12? And let's just kind of take a look at this and see this kind of in a little bit different light. Amen. Verse uh, John 8, verse 1 says, But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives, and now early in the morning He uh, came again into the temple. So here He's walking into the house of God, and all the people came to Him, and He sat down and taught them. So He's teaching. Now the scribes and the Pharisees brought to Him a woman caught in adultery. Okay, And uh, when they had set her in the midst, they said to Him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery all right, in, in the very act, okay, and it said Moses, and they said this, now Moses in the law, as if he didn't know, Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned, but what do you say? And it said this, they said testing him that they might have something with which to accuse him. So in other words, they're hoping that whichever way he goes here, we're going to have something to hang him with, all right, all right, right? We know he's doing this here, it really just as a, you know, they're just, you know, let's, let's face it, Okay. Uh, where's the guy, right? I mean, if she was caught in the very act, where's the guy? Chances are he's probably one of their buddies. I mean, I don't know. I mean, we got all kinds of thoughts, you know. Um, but the, the thought is this. Um, remember, in verse 12, Jesus said, I'm the lie of the world, and if you'll follow me, come on, you know, you'll make a difference everywhere you go. You won't walk in darkness anymore. And, you know, everywhere you go, you know, something happens. Good. Now." They, uh, they said to him and tested him that they might have something in which to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger as though he did not hear. Now, I mean, I, you know, I, I can only imagine. We all kind of have an idea what happened there. And we don't, you know, it doesn't say just that he was, you know, doodling on the ground or something uh, with his finger, you know. Now remember, he's in, he's, actually, he's in the house of God. This is all happening in the house of God. And, uh, you know, because verse, was it verse 2 or 3 there says that he was in the temple, right? So it goes on then and it says, uh, you know, what do you have to say? Uh, let's go down to verse, uh, uh, verse 7 now. So, so when they continued asking him, because they thought that, you know, he's acting like he didn't hear him. He heard him. What's he doing right now? Jesus said, you know, I, I don't do anything unless I see the Father do it. I don't say anything unless I hear the Father say it. So, you know, my thought is, you know, that's just my opinion. Okay, you can take it, leave it. Uh, I believe he's just taking a minute or two, and, and he's hearing God and what he needs to say or not say. Are you still with me? Yes. So, uh, so then what happens? He, uh, you know, he uh, raised himself up. And they continued to ask him. He raised himself up and he said, okay, here we go. He who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. And again, then he stooped down and began to, you know, write on the ground again. And those that heard it, here we go, being convicted by their conscience, okay, Went one by one, went out one by one, and beginning with the oldest, even until the last, which makes kind of sense. I mean, you kind of think about the older guys, they probably get it, got it a little quicker. Come on, right? I mean, they, you know, the young guys still a little gung-ho, zeal, thinking we're going to see a stoning, and, and the older guys said, yeah, good move. They got it. And uh, little by little, the rest of them all followed. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing in the midst, and when Jesus had raised himself up, and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, Woman, where are those accusers of, the, of yours? Has no one condemned you? And uh, she said, no, no one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, here we go. Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. And Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. So now I just want to say to me, when when you see verse twelve, verse twelve is connected to the first eleven verses. There, come on. And what you're seeing is Jesus showing you how to be the light. He said, "You follow me." So he's what he's, what you're seeing is some mercy. Come on. You're seeing some mercy. Now I'm not off the subject of what we started dealing with here about stress-free living, and. You know, those those texts there in Second Timothy uh, deal, you know, 50% of those things deal with our relations with people. Because sometimes people are just downright stinkers. And sometimes people just don't always do the right thing and don't always choose the right thing and don't always say the right thing. Now I know you guys are all perfect. You're my Wednesday night crowd, and you guys do everything right, but but there's a group out there that doesn't. And he just says, listen, follow me. And I have found, you know, for whatever it's worth, being merciful is a whole lot more stress-free. Just being merciful. Just forgiving and loving people. Come on and just and, and stop being so moved by everything that do and say don't get so caught up with stuff it's hard in this society now it's everything is Facebook and everybody's you know talks about this and talks that and brings this up and brings that up and I think you know let's you know what are we sowing what are we doing I'm you know don't come out of here like I'm all slamming your thing but uh, I'm just saying I uh, nowadays you know we get so caught up with all, everything And all we're doing is opening up the door for the devil to just come in and ransack our lives. And the whole time, it's like, you know, aren't we we called to be merciful? Aren't we called to follow him? I mean, he's, you know, he's a a merciful one. He's he's a forgiver of sins. Come on, somebody. That woman, uh, she wasn't doing right. Let's try this side. That woman wasn't doing right. She, she, she was guilty, obviously. She acted guilty even, right? She, she was expecting to be stoned, even though we, you know, we might, you know, hindsight looking at it, thinking, oh, how unfair and you know, all that. But in all honesty, she was guilty of something and, and shouldn't have been doing that. And Jesus didn't condone it. Jesus said, you know, listen, you know, you know I'm not condemning you, but, but don't go out of here and go do the same thing again. Okay, let's, let's, let's knock that off, all right? Just go and sin no more, all right? So let's, let's live a little cleaner than what you've been living, and, and maybe you won't get hauled out and threatened with stoning again. You know what I mean? Come on now. The point is what, what we're seeing is we're seeing compassion, we're seeing mercy, you know, we're seeing forgiveness in operation, and he says, I'm the light of the world. That's, that's about being the light. That's what it's about. This is what people see. This is what people experience. And he says, if you, if you will follow me, then that light gets on you. And so part of the light is not, it's not saying all of it, but part of the light is learning how to be compassionate, be merciful. Come on, not being so caught up with everything. You know, and, uh, you know, it just, uh, you know, I just think some, it's just worthy of bringing out, you know. Put uh, put the um, uh, Luke twenty three and thirty four on the board, if you would, Kathy. Give Kathy a hand clap. What a blessing she is. Luke twenty three and thirty four, and this is Jesus hanging on a cross. Now you know Jesus is our example. He said, if you follow me, um, if you follow me, then you will not walk in darkness. And you will have literally the, the light of life. You want, you, want, you want the light of life? This is how it works. Okay? So he's hanging on a cross. And in the verses prior to this, it says he's got a thief on either side of him. You know as well as I do, he had no, he had he did nothing wrong to hang on that cross. And the word says in Hebrews that for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, he endured the shame. He endured, uh, you know, all the mess that came with it. And he said this: he had the audacity to say, "Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do." Why? Because they're in darkness. They don't know what they're. That's literally what it means. They don't know they're. They're stumbling about, thinking what they're doing's right when it ain't right. And most of the time. You got to just understand, the world does what the world does, and sometimes, you know, uh, you know, uh, un, you know, you know, I can maybe just say, may I'll say it this way, you know, carnal Christians sometimes just do what carnal Christians do. They ain't grown up yet.
1: Sometimes baby Christians act like baby Christians.
0: Making sure I came to the right house tonight. You know you know, babies in the nursery I mean if they if they vomit or they uh, you know they spit up or they do whatever, we don't beat them up because they People go to jail for that stuff, or prison. Are you with me? I mean little toddlers, I mean, sometimes they do things and they get to bickering and fussing and. You know, and even though sometimes it's like eh, fingernails on a chalkboard. Eh, stop it. I, I, can't, I don't know if I can use that illustration, but most people nowadays, they don't even know what a chalkboard is. <laughs> 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 you go whiteboards and everything. I do all that on my iPad now. Anyway, anyway. The, the point is, you know sometimes it might be an annoyance, but it, you know but it's still we, we expect that in the in the toddlers And sometimes you got young kids doing things and young adults doing and, and you know sometimes it's like not that we're condoning anything, not that we're excusing anything, it's just sometimes they they're walking in the dark about something and what 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 we need to do now? Here, this is. I said all that to kind of come to this point. You know, we got to be a part of the solution, not a part of the problem. And uh, you know, I think it's a good message to share on a Wednesday night. I would like to see more here tonight, but but you're here tonight, and so you can pass it on. So anyway, um, I would I would like I would rather be a part of the solution. So when I see things that, you know, I maybe don't appreciate or hear something I don't appreciate, I'm not going to get all caught up with it. Let's how about we just start praying? Who thought? What a concept. Let's pray for somebody. Let's, you know, let's uh, you know, let's jump in there and and help out or something. Maybe there's a reason for it. Uh, you know, uh maybe there's something going on that we don't know about or uh, you know, I, I come on and uh, you know, uh you know, has anybody ever been guilty of, you know, you know, jumping the gun a little bit and then realizing, whoops, you know, I think we've all been there. And I shared, I kind of testified a little bit, you know, on Sunday about a situation. And, and uh, you know, something was said and I, I just assumed I, uh, my head run to one place and, and later on I had to repent because my head ran to the wrong place. And so, um, you know, I had to make that right with the lord and and uh so, the point is is that you know it happens um but you know it's it's less stress when you just kind of walk in mercy. you're not so you know quick to you know be critical or judgmental or unforgiving or whatever we want to say. Are you still with me? It just pays so. Uh, anyway, I just, uh, you know, I think it's, it's worthy of looking at. I mean, he said, follow me. And he just got done releasing a woman of adultery. Follow me. Hanging between two
1: thieves on a cross, and he's, he's asking, you know, Lord, forgive them. He said,
0: follow me. So, I, you know, I think when you start looking at Him, it's like, yeah, I mean, it's more than just going around, you know, being the light is more than just going around and saying, you know, Jesus loves you, um, you know, or, uh, you know, it, it's, about, it's about living it in front of them where they're seeing mercy, they're seeing, uh, you know, compassion, they're seeing forgiveness. Come on now, and and listen. I, I some of you have had, you, some of you have been wronged, and some of you have been overlooked or mistreated in, in certain situations. We get it. I you know, we're not we're not denying some of that stuff. And some of you got your plates full, and some of you got things going on that, you know, that you know, just seemed like it's just you're being bombarded, and and you know, nobody you know should have to live with all that. We, we get all that. We understand that. We're not denying any of that, but we're saying that in the midst of all that, you know, the last thing you want to add, you know, add to all that is you being now an open door for the enemy. For more tension and more, you know, you know, you, you know, uh, I, I had people do me wrong once or twice. And, you know, yet yeah, today. <laughs> but uh, the point is, is that, you know, I, I only get worked up about it when I sit and think about it and talk about it. When I just, whatever. You know, and when, and when I'm that way, I just I just feel better. I'm OK. I can move forward. Don't feel all bent out of shape. You know. I know it's there. I'm not stupid. I'm not ignorant. I'm just it, just, it just isn't worth it. And I figure if he says, forgive them for they know not what they do, I think that's something that, if I'm going to be the light as he is the light, come on now, that means I should probably do that too. Right? Aren't you glad you came out on a Wednesday night? Yeah, praise the Lord. Uh, give me another verse up there, Kathy. Let's do that Luke 9 and 56. Um, this here, uh, again, we're, we're still looking at Jesus as the one that we're supposed to follow, and Jesus uh, said this now what's, what's happening up to this point? Um, Jesus is the word says that he has a set his face set toward Jerusalem he's hidden because he knows where he, you know what's, what's about to happen or coming up and so he was walking going to walk through Samaria and um, in fact, they even sent you know some of the posse went ahead to kind of prepare some things, you know, so as they were coming through, and obviously as they, as they were coming through Samaria, Jesus had no intention of stopping, so they got offended. They got mad at him, um, you know, probably made it a racial thing. Probably what happened. Um, now, Jesus wouldn't, has nothing against Samaria because uh, it's also the location where the woman at the well, come on, and everything he did there, and literally had, you know, all that happened there at the well, that all happened in Samaria. Come on. So Jesus has nothing against Samaria, but he knew where he was going. He knew his purpose, and so where he was headed, well, they got offended at him. They got mad at him. So obviously it was, you know, it was, you know, obvious enough that the posse, the boys, said, well, let's let's call fire down on them. You know, they, they shouldn't treat Jesus that way. Well, first off, they, didn't, they weren't treating them that way. He was treating Jesus. Come on now. Come on. Okay, and Jesus, didn't, and Jesus said, for the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And then they just went, they just went to another village, you know. Uh, you know, so Jesus didn't get all bent out of shape about it. They got bent out of shape about it. Uh, he didn't seem to have a problem with it. Now, I, come on, sometimes we just got to look at these things. He, he, he had no problem with what they did, what they said. You know why? Because he probably understood what was going on. You know, they probably, you know, they were, they don't, they didn't know what was going on, so they they you know, they wanted him maybe to stop and hang out and do some miracles. You know, teach us some things. Do some things like you did at the well. You know, uh, you know, read our mail like you did that woman. Yeah right, do some signs and wonders, do some miracles, whatever, I, you know, whatever, okay. The point is, he, he, he was on a mission, he knew where he was headed, and they, they picked up on that, they didn't like it, so they got mad, and Jesus probably understood that.
1: So there's no sense
0: getting all upset about it, no sense getting all worked up about it, you know, there was a, you know, they just, they don't understand what's going on, they don't know, come on. Someday they will, because they'll read about it. Right now, they don't. They don't know what's going on. Okay, but the boys, you know, you know, thought this is an opportunity to do what they did and say what they said. And Jesus basically rebuked them. I'm not here to destroy people. I'm here to forgive. I'm here to heal. I'm here. I'm bringing healing, not not pain. I'm bringing deliverance, not bondage. Come on, somebody uh you know, and so i I'm not about you know bringing you know harm to these people, and you know this is this is our Lord, this is who we follow I said this is who we follow Give me uh I think i want I think I' give you a verse out of Colossians Colossians three I believe in like verse thirteen or something like that. Let's see what it says, and this of course is kind of coming in the middle of a statement but. He, but he's talking about bearing with one another, forgiving one another, even if even if anyone has a complaint against another. Have you ever had a complaint? Well, we all do, right? We've all got things we could complain about. Well, if if anyone has a complaint against another, okay, now this is even literally it isn't even too, I mean, we I got a complaint against another, another individual, and it says even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. So I mean, that's that's the one we follow. So okay, um God isn't denying that you have a complaint. I think I might have used this Week or so back here. Um, You know, God's not denying you have a complaint. He's not denying there's something that needs to be worked out here. He's not denying that there, you know, there might be, uh, you know, a little bit of rough waters here about something. Uh, You know, He's not denying any of that. Okay, He just says, listen, here's here's what we do because we're called to be light. We're light. That's what we are. So we follow the light amen, to be light, right, so that all around, amen, we can bring light to all who are in the house. Come on, somebody, amen, to to be a difference maker that they all can see and they all can experience. Why? So Father, the Father gets the glory in the end.
1: So we forgive. I
0: said we forgive. Um, talking to you know one of them loved one about something a day or so ago and probably a couple days ago now and um, you know and I think I might even use this somewhat in, in maybe I might have made a comment in Sunday service about something like this too but um, you know if you if you want God to take something and deal with something um, then the first thing you got to do is let go of it. Because if you're going to sit and hang on to it, then he's going to say, "Okay, fine, you got it." And you'll notice it never changes; it just gets worse. And this is see, this is where all the stress begins to, to happen because you're too busy hanging on to it, and because you're upset or you're down or you're, you know, uh, you know, you're hurt or you're offended or whatever it is. And the point is, is that what because you're doing that, so now his hands are off it because your hands are on it. And so you you got to be willing to say, I release it. And when I release it, I'm now allowing him place to handle it. I love it when he takes care of something. And I don't have to. You know, because I'd like to, you know, I'd like a lot of times to talk to people and say, "Uh, I would like to just implement in you conviction right now. Be convicted. And that just never seems to work. Ever. Ever. Yeah, right. You know, right? I mean, you know, some people, you just, you just want to, you know, open up the head and pour in conviction. Be convicted
1: of doing that.
0: And it never seems to work because all it does is just makes everybody mad and everybody gets all worked up and it just gets worse. So I found by releasing some things, come on, somebody, I'm not denying that there are times of discussion, talking, walking things through it, getting everybody getting on the same page. I get all that and that's necessary. But I'm talking about you have no business walking in unforgiveness. That's never received. Or never accepted. Okay, so by releasing people You give God an opportunity to do something, and it's amazing, I'm just saying, just a thought, I'm amazed at how many times when I do release, how all of a sudden they do have conviction. And all of a sudden they're coming up saying, you know, I shouldn't have done that. Do you forgive me, brother? Emoji. That's one of my favorite ones right there. I'll give you the big thumbs up. Because it says a lot. You know, you get too much talking and it, there's, sin's not far off, the word says. So, you know, you have to learn sometimes Those emojis are there from God. God invented emojis. <laughs> Just a thumbs up. Amen. It's all good. Everything great. Praise the Lord. Amen. Uh, <laughs> praise the Lord. Go to Ephesians 5. Let's look at one here. Ephesians 5. Are you still doing okay? Yes sir. All right, praise the Lord. I know this probably ain't one of those run around, jump around, shout hallelujah messages, but it is something I believe that uh, it, it allows us to be more of the light that we're called to be. He said this in Ephesians 5 and 8 says you were once darkness. You were. But now you you're the light, right? But now you are light in the Lord. So walk as children of light. Amen. So he, you know he tells us that how that happens is you follow him, who is the light, come on somebody, then you become the light. And then say it again, right? You become the light, and then on you you shine your light, amen, for all to see and all to experience, and then God gets the glory. Amen. Amen. <laughs> and this is how it works. All right, so um, So again, his life is our light. That's what it said in John 1. And when that light shines, the darkness, the darkness cannot comprehend it or overpower it. So when you think about this, the idea is to follow Him, become the light, walk the light. And what happens now, you allow God, come on, to do what He's called to do and, and, and to show Himself strong. And all of a sudden... Darkness can not comprehend it. Darkness cannot overpower the light. But what happens many times is
1: we're too busy not being light. So darkness keeps prevailing.
0: Are you getting this? We're too busy. Even though we know Jesus, we love the Lord, we sing hallelujah, we raise our hands in church, we Come on now. And but we got aught in our heart, unforgiveness in our heart. Uh, we're upset, we're whatever, we're this, we're that, we're that. So we're not being light. So darkness is, is is now prevailing instead of being overcome or overpowered.
1: So part of the light has got to be
0: walking. And following the light, and what we see in example when he dealt with that being the light was the fact he was willing to release people, forgive people. I, I, I'm just saying, right? I mean, you know, we talk about stress, and 50% of the things he dealt with in that text was your relations with people and how you respond and react to whatever they do. And he, nowhere in the Bible does he deny that you're probably going to be done wrong once or twice. And nowhere does he deny in the book that it, you know, that
1: it, you know, that it won't hurt once in a while.
0: I, mean, I don't like that. I don't like to be hurt. Do you like to be hurt? I don't think anybody does. I don't even think Jesus liked to be hurt. But he knew, it. you know, for the joy that was set before him, he endured all that mess. So, my thought is this okay, so I'm following him. So, to follow him means to jump, jump in the same roadway, the same, in other words, hop in the same steps. Come on, somebody. And follow as a companion. Literally means to become as a disciple, a disciplined one, which means that if he was willing right there to forgive and release, amen, then I can do the same thing. And if I do that for the joy that is set before me, come on, somebody, I can see some things happen. Why? Because darkness cannot comprehend the light. So I will do what
1: it takes to be the light.
0: And if I be the light, all shall see. And God gets the glory. Amen. Amen. So that means then all of a sudden, darkness has to bow the knee. The little cockroaches run. Right? Or maybe you never I can tell you a few stories about cockroaches. It's not, Trudy says. But every time the light comes on, the little critters got to run because they only hang out in the dark. You may hear me? And I don't know, maybe there's just something to that. I think there's a spiritual, you know, story in there. I'm tired of the cockroaches.
1: You too? Little boogers, they lay eggs everywhere.
0: Just saying. You know, one little ugly cockroach bumps into another cockroach and we have babies. Just saying, sometimes it's exactly what ends up happening. We're even children of God, and we're allowing the dark to prevail, and everything like that all begins to just keep being magnified, and the next thing you know, you've got nothing but issues, and all you got is stressful situations because somebody wouldn't stop long enough to just be a part
1: of the solution.
0: How about we forgive? How about we, you know, pray for them? Again, we're not denying. They might have done something pretty stupid. But, man, right now,
1: you know, I love it when you give me mercy.
0: I do. I love it when you give me mercy. Because sometimes I don't necessarily say it all right and do it all right. But I love it when you give me mercy. It, you know, it allows, you know, it, it feels good to know you kind of got my back. And it feels good. And, and we've all probably experienced mercy somewhere, right? Other, than, I mean, I'm not just talking about from the Lord, but I'm talking about people have been merciful. You know, Mama always loves you. Well, maybe not always, but, you know, the point is this. Amen. We've all experienced mercy from people, and we've all been very blessed by that. And I think about the people that have crossed lines or made mistakes or stumbled, whatever. Again, we're not condoning anything. We're just saying right now what they need probably is some some compassion and some mercy and at least some forgiveness so that at least we can get the light turned on and get the, you know, darkness gone and everything else that comes with the dark gone we have a better chance of seeing something somebody delivered somebody forgiven you know we could we could easily plug in here you know the you know the message of being the righteousness of god if it wasn't for the fact of being in right standing with god we'd all be in trouble but we've been forgiven and there's that ongoing thing because of the fact that jesus paid a price that we're in a place of right standing with god based on what he did even though We, time after time after time, came up short, did something dumb, whatever, stumbled. And yet, for some reason, because of what Jesus did, the price that was paid, we're still in a place of right standing with an almighty God. That allows us, because according to the book, that allows you then to reign in life, to conquer and prevail, because a way has been made, Amen, by your Lord and Savior so that you have a right standing with God. So that means you can keep going forward even though you stumble stumbled a time or two or 10 or 20. So all I'm saying is sometimes that's exactly what we need to follow and do is be just as merciful, just as forgiving, just as loving. Amen and allow God to continue to move because the lights are on, darkness can't prevail. Darkness has to go. It has to go. But maybe the reason the darkness hasn't gone is maybe we're not really being light. Just a thought I'm having. So, it goes on and goes on and goes on and gets worse and worse, and we got more stress and more anxiety and more tension and more problems, and someone needs to be a part of the solution, and it can't just be the pastor only, come on, takes everybody doing their part, Uh, one last verse, let's let's go to um, uh, Acts 26. Um, I love this verse. Um Acts twenty-six, please, and verse eighteen. And and what you have here is um Paul is uh recounting uh, his conversion and um he's explaining, you know, to the king, a king, I think it was King Agrippa, I think is who he's talking to. And he's telling telling him, you know, What the Lord spoke to him, you know, the light shone, and there he is, you know, and and, and here's this word, this message, and um, part of that message, you know, he said, I'm going to deliver you, uh, you know, from the from, you know, from people, from Jews and the Gentiles, says, but he says, but I'm called you to something. I'm called you to, to open their eyes. In order to turn them from darkness to light. And from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified or set apart by faith in me. Now, that's a, that's a huge verse. And it, it, is, it is one of my favorite verses, okay, in the Word, because I feel like, you know, if, if I could ever say, you know, what are we called to do? you show this verse. We're about opening eyes. Uh, Why? To to turn them from the dark, from obscurity, from depravity, uh, uh, from captivity, and bring them into the light. And how do you do that? Well, by being the light. But the only way you can be the light is by you got to follow the light. Come on. And so, in order for that to happen, there's certain things that you're going to have to be willing to. You know, when it comes time to people, how I many know not everybody wants their eyes opened. Just a thought. Sometimes you go to talk to them about, and they oh, get away from me, right? Or, or they, you know, they want to shove, you know, like, you know, they want to shove your past in your face. Oh yeah, well I happen to know you. Well, right now I want to punch you. Oh, the light just shut off. <laughs> and how am I going to open their eyes, turn them uh, from darkness to light? How am I going to, you know, how is that going to happen, you know, when, you know, I'm, I've got the power shut off? Just a thought. And, and yet nobody likes that. You know, have you ever been spit on? I've been spit on. You ever been spit on?
1: Anybody ever been spit on?
0: I love you, man. I mean, know the first thing, the first thing you thinking about? <laughs> don't spit on me. <laughs> but Jesus will spit on, and somehow he he said, "Lord, forgive them." They don't even know what they're doing. And I guess to me, in those kind of situations, you just got to keep the light on. And sometimes people, you know, they maybe maybe they're fighting it. They don't want the light on. Because the word's real clear that when the light does come on, things get exposed. Things come out. And so sometimes people don't want but if you remain the light, remember if you remain the light, then darkness cannot comprehend, cannot prevail, cannot overcome cannot overpower the light. But I think, you know, when, when Jesus was, you know, I'm the light of the world, he's, he's letting me know this is how it works. And, you know, they're all sitting there watching while that woman, he says, you know, I release you to go, go, just don't do anymore. All right? I'm not condoning your sin. I'm not saying, you know, good job, you know, but this is how you become the light. He says, follow me. If you follow me, you're not going to walk in darkness because the light, See, darkness can't prevail because everywhere you go, that's going to be light, and this is how it works. Now, I, I would like to think that that woman walked away from there and never did go down that road again. I, I'd like to believe that, and, I, and I, I kind of feel that's probably what happened because why? The light was on. The light was on, so darkness wouldn't prevail. So he just says he just gave her a simple instruction. Okay, go. And don't do it anymore. And no worries. You received that and walked. I, I, I believe went on serving God. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Probably was one of them that was in the upper room. I'm <clears throat> just saying. Uh, you know, might be wrong, but I'm just saying. Uh, and so uh, to open their eyes, to turn them from darkness to light, and from the power, look at this, from the power, Paul, I want you to do this. So I'm going to say, we're the Victorians. I want you to do this. Everywhere you go, you're, there, you're out there to open eyes in order to turn from darkness to light and, what, and from the power of Satan to God. Literally, you can, you, literally we could turn people from the power of Satan to God, I believe, by just having the light on, that they may receive forgiveness of sins. Receive forgiveness of sins. Sometimes we're, we're too quick to just want them to pay for what they're doing. I'm just saying, you know, well, they deserve, I, listen, I, man, we all deserve hell. We all do. God, we've all been a bunch of scum bums sometimes. Sometimes we've done things we had no business doing. And yet God was merciful enough and People were merciful enough that we were able to keep moving forward. But he says that they may receive. You play a part in people receiving forgiveness of sins. I mean, sometimes it's just your word. I can't even tell you how many times, you know, communicating in a service, whether we're talking uh, behind this pulpit, talking at the prison. I, I see it more often in the prison because of what they're going through, what they're dealing with. Most of the time it's, the, it's the, the shame and the guilt and all that kind of mess. And just be able to talk to them about how they're released from their sin. And, and you'll see men just start crying because they were being held under bondage because they were in the dark and somebody come and turn the light on and, 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 you, and you could release them. And when you did, they received it. And they were able from there on be able to move forward and an inheritance, see, See, they receive forgiveness and an inheritance. They're, they start walking in what they're called to walk in. An inheritance among those who have already been sanctified, set apart by faith in me? He said. So those that the those like you, you've received. Well, you you come in, turn the light on. So what? So they get released, amen, and they receive, amen. What's rightfully theirs as children of God. And the more they receive, it goes on. They turn the light on. Somebody else receives. Praise God. They go home. Their whole families get saved. Praise ye the Lord. Right? right? It just goes on and on, and that's the way it's supposed to work. So I just. Tonight, I just felt in my heart, um, I guess to encourage us uh, as a, as a church, let's be a part of the solution yes. and not a part of the problem. Okay, let's let's be the difference makers. Let's be the light. Amen. Uh, you know, uh, you know. Sometimes, um, well, why don't y'all why don't y'all stand up? Praise God, and I'll just I'm gonna wrap her up here. But I, I was just thinking this that sometimes we have the privilege of um, of being the hero. I mean, you you come on the scene because of everything they're going through, and you have a you have an opportunity to be a hero. Now, not everybody receives you. I get it, but it is cool when they do, and they receive it. and And all of a sudden, you're, you're you're you know you're the hero because you came in, turned the light on, and all the bugs went. The bats flew out of the belfry right? And um, so all of a sudden, they feel free. And that's a great feeling. It's a great feeling. And it's great to be not only the person being set free, but it's great to be a, a part of that, to see God do that. And who gets the glory? See, I'm saying, I mean, God gets the glory for that. And that's what He says that your good works, you know, may be seen. Now listen, your good works, your your literally profitable, corresponding actions. That's what it's broke down to. Valuable and profitable, corresponding action. They see that, they experience that, and they're set free, and God gets the glory. So now, when I, when I, the reason I, I mention that, because if you stop and you think about it, it, it's usually the corresponding action that hangs us. Right? I mean, somebody does something and we correspond, our action is. And so that corresponding action, I guess, is my point, is that that's what really turns the light on or off. And I want to keep the light on. I know you do too. I know who I'm talking to tonight. I know you're all that way. You all believe that. Almost all of you are involved with some form of outreach and doing things, and so you all get it. Um, But I I guess tonight I just wanted to bring a a fresh view of what it means to be the light tonight. And uh, yes, ma'am. Yeah. That's good. That's a good word. Did you hear that?
1: Yeah.
0: You know, that Jesus used mercy to guard his heart so there wouldn't be pain in the soul. Amen. So that's the same kind of saying the same thing, you know that it it's there, amen, to protect your heart. It's there to keep you from all that strain, stress, anxiety, amen. And that's the truth, you know. Uh, you know when you do release somebody, isn't it amazing how it just doesn't doesn't hold you up, hang you up anymore, yeah. when you actually release them? Yeah. But when you kind of still, you know, it's like <laughs> it's still there, you know. But when you do release, you know, I I you know years ago just a testimony of healing. Many of you have heard it. I mean, I've received an instant manifestation of healing just when I released somebody. The Spirit of God told me to release them, forgive them because you have aught in your heart. And I thought, you know, and he mentioned his name, and I thought, yeah, yeah right. Yeah, obviously it was true. But the second, But the point was, is I was believing God for some healing, and I wasn't getting my breakthrough. Listen, listen, same kind of deals with that light thing. The second I, I released that individual, literally I knew I did. I released it. When I released him, I was instantly healed, instantly healed. So it's amazing how that stuff can, you know, it can mess you over, you know, turn the lights on or turn the lights off, you know. So anyway, Father, we give you praise and glory. Thank you so much for this principle today and just for kind of giving us some, uh, some insight about it, maybe just a fresh look at it. And, Father, we thank you for that. And, Father, I am grateful for this congregation. I'm grateful, uh, Lord, that they had an ear to hear and a heart to receive. Lord, we're grateful for those that are watching and listening by Internet. And, And we give you praise for that, Lord God, that all that heard truly had an ear to hear. And I thank you and praise you, Lord. Amen. For a people who are overcoming and conquering, praise God, that everywhere they go, darkness, hallelujah, is fleeing. And for that, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.